You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL podcast. How's everyone this wonderful Tuesday? It was the first day of minicamp. Um, OTAs are in the books for me with the Steelers. Broadcasted down there. Be down there the next two days as well. But it looks as though we will get Mark Schofield on Wednesday and Mike Sando on Thursday as usual. I uh, had some good guests on lately. Um, coming to you daily though. Hopefully we will get you five podcasts this week. That's usually the case. Almost always the case to be honest with you. Um, today is Twitter Thursday, but first I want to tell you, today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. Um, as you could imagine, most, or not most, but a, a chunk of the Twitter questions revolved around the Houston GM situation. So I just wanted to give you, as we often do on Twitter Tuesday, just kind of lump a bunch of questions into one for kind of the topic of the day. And here's my take on things is, I mean, they fired this dude very quickly after signing him to a long-term deal. So he's going to sit back and make money year after year for doing nothing. Um, I could see where there would be some unhappiness with, you know, their approach to fixing the offensive line or lack thereof. Um, but more than that, I get the impression that Bill O'Brien is difficult to deal with and work with. And I do, I've been saying for a while, I think he's an underrated coach, that he gets more wins out of his roster, and especially quarterback situation, than most head coaches would. But this is now the second time that he has won a battle against the GM. And my hunch is he is not easy to deal with. And it's a little bit more than a hunch. I mean, I've been told something along those lines, such is life. Um, odd, much like the Jets situation, though, that this would go down at this time of the year. Um, my hunch is that he will, and they will, bring in someone Patriot-oriented. And um, their obvious ties with you know, him and Cornell and the Patriots of the South in a way that they would try to do something the Patriot way, try to pull somebody out of that tree um, that would make some sense to me. Um, we'll see. But my hunch is when you make a move like this, chances are you probably have someone in mind. And it would surprise me if they didn't you know, make a quick hire. Like my hunch is they got someone in mind that they want to they go to. We'll see. But that's just my early prediction. The name that comes to mind is Scott Pioli, who left the Falcons and is now basically a free agent. Could that be a fit? Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I forget who I heard bring that name up, but as soon as I heard it, I'm like, ah, I bet that's what happens. We'll see. Uh, again, I'm recording this Tuesday early evening Eastern time. Maybe something happens quickly, but my hunch is they have a dude in mind. Um, let's get into some of these other questions. Uncle Boom asked, is Daniel Jones is just the better QB in camp? Can you see the Giants brass correctly giving him the job? I assume you mean for opening day. See, to me, that's what you want, of course. And it would be great to say, Eli, you're wonderful. You've done a 
great things for the organization, but we are really impressed with this guy. He's knocking our socks off. We're going to hand him the ball and go from there. My hunch is, though, that is not how this organization would do it. My hunch is, no matter what Jones does, Eli starts the year, and maybe this is a leap, but assuming it doesn't go well, then Jones takes over. And I tend to think that they'll be pretty patient. Or, you know, Jones is one of those true examples of gets drafted in the first round, they say he's going to sit, and none of us ever believe them. But in this case, I kind of believe them. I mean, there's just such loyalty to Eli and that organization. And yes, I do know he got sat down a couple years ago, which was wrong. That was weird. But the fact is, he's not very good anymore. And it, it to me, you got to get Jones on the field as soon as possible. Will they agree with me? I bet the answer is no. But to answer your question, I do think it would be the right thing to do. Uh, Rudy Jacinto asked me, will Jalen Ramsey play for a new team in 2020? A couple of Jags questions here today. My hunch is he will leave. I mean, he, I have a hunch he's going to be the guy that redefines the corner market when his time is, has come. I would think he is set to be a gajillionaire. You know, I mean, I think he is going to have a huge season this year after what, you know, some perceived as, quote, a down year. He's amazing. I mean, uh, will Jacksonville be able to keep him past the franchise tag? So to answer your question, they probably franchise him. And then will they commit to him to a super long-term deal? He's already rumbling about it. He's already kind of causing waves. He can't leave those key people go, though. I mean, especially the way that team is built. But it wouldn't shock me if he gets himself out of there and makes an awful lot of money in the process. Um, folks, I've told you a lot about Blue Chew. That's B-L-U-E, Chew. Blue like the color blue. It brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so it absolutely works. Take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work much, much faster. Um, and, and guys, this isn't for just for dudes that can't perform or having struggles in the bedroom right now. It's any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. And that's exactly what Blue Chew does. Blue Chew is prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy. Best of all, no awkwardness at all. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. So here's what you do. Again, even if you don't think you need it, trust me, give it a shot. It only costs you five bucks. We got a special deal just for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. All you do is pay five bucks shipping. Trust me, you're going to get more $5 value out of this, as is your, your spouse in bed. Uh, again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code Locked On to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we greatly thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Um, Mark Harrison asked me, do you think the NFL will ever realign the divisions to cre create more localized rivalries? A division consisting of the Jets, Giants, Pats, and Bills, or Eagles maybe would be good. Uh, Texans and Cowboys, etc. I've never given this much thought, but I think it would be pretty awesome if you... 
Well, one problem is would Washington, like Washington and Dallas, for example, are a great a great rivalry that plays twice a year, historic rivalry through the 70s, 80s, great football, and you would eliminate some of those that already exist. You know, so to me, that's bad. And it probably will never come up unless there is more expansion or teams moving more. And it doesn't sound like anyone with the possible exception of Jacksonville is in the cards to move anytime soon. I know Oakland's going from Oakland to Vegas, but does that change anything? You wouldn't take them out of the West. Obviously, the Chargers went to L.A., the Rams went to L.A., but they were both in the West to begin with. So I have mixed feelings about this, and maybe it's something I'll fiddle around with, just you know, pen and paper and scratch some things out. Like, what would be the most fun divisions, and you could, you know, drive to the way game, so to speak. You know, I mean, I'm if I'm sitting here in Pittsburgh, everything's a Steelers show, Williamson. You wouldn't want to lose Cincy and certainly Cleveland. They're really close. Buffalo's not that far. Philly would be fun because it's the same um, state. Maryland's not that far for Washington, you know. So you could create some fun ones, I would think. Yeah, I do like your idea. I mean, the the Jets and Giants in the same division would be pretty cool. Um, you know, along with the Bills, that that that's, that's an alluring thing to me. But then the Giants aren't playing the Cowboys. You know what I mean? I mean, the, then the Jets aren't playing Miami, and so there's some give and take there. In the end, I'm intrigued, Mark, but I have to say. I would veto that right now because really I think it's a if it ain't broke, don't fix it situation because I think the divisions are in pretty good shape. So I'm going to say no to that, but I would be open, especially if there's more infusion of teams or moving around, you know, five, ten years down the road. Who's to say uh, where that might be? So I see what you're saying. Uh, Cole Flateau asks, in a league of constant adjustment, do you think the Rams will end up falling short of expectations as defenses, especially the Seahawks, figure them out? So I think it's a really good question, and I think it's timely, too, because let's talk about the Rams. I mean, they got a lot of talent. I mean, let's not overlook that. And I do think McVay is a phenomenal offensive mind and is everything he's cracked up to be. Um, they're all from the Mike Shanahan tree Everything stems off their zone running game. And like Kyle Shanahan, they're masterful at marrying their passing game and running game. And what I mean by that is, I don't explain it super well, to be very honest with you, but making everything look the same, honoring the run, um, play action is a staple. Everything looks the same the first second or so of the snap. And then they window dress the hell out of it with, you know, pre-snap motions and create new gaps. And Tyree Kill flies across the formation. And now what do I do? I created a new gap. And But in the end, and here's where I'm going with this, is the Patriots had two weeks to prepare for the Rams. And we saw how the Super Bowl went. I mean, the Rams didn't move the football. They didn't score points. In the end, these aren't new concepts. I mean, they window dress them. And they lay them out very timely. But it's not like people haven't defended these plays before. And Belichick, I'm sure, figured a lot out here. You know, that they don't run a very 
deep playbook, unlike the Patriots, for example. I mean, the Patriots playbook is thick, I'm sure. I mean, I know they don't have books, but just picture it. Bear with me. Um, where the Rams is simplistic, and in a way, that's the beauty of what L.A. does, is yes, they're very scheme-based like we talked about, but they also are really good in terms of executing the same plays over and over and getting really good at it from an execution standpoint. So, pretty cool. It's a good way to think about it because I don't think Goff is the type of guy that, at least not yet, that will transcend things when, you know, when the play doesn't go to script that he's going to farve it out and just create huge plays like a Mahomes even when it's not scripted. And that's that doesn't mean I dislike Goff because he is a very good passer and I think he's a good young quarterback. But his style isn't an improv dude. And if Gurley's not the same threat that he was, which or at least if he is the same threat but not on the field as, you know, seventy five percent of the time, that would worry me. The O line's a little bit lesser, I would think, although they have some young guys that are intriguing, like a note boom. Um, and more than anything is everyone has studied the tape over and over and they're going to dissect the heck out of that Super Bowl that Belichick really came up with a great plan with two weeks of, of practice time. And you can be physical with this group, you know, as the Patriots were. So if I was a Rams fan, as many of you are, I'm sure, I would be a little concerned. Like I wouldn't just write it in stone this will be one of the best offenses in the league. I mean, I don't think it's going to fall off a cliff. And let's not forget that McVay, after, you know, kind of, you know, basically saying I was, he did say I was out coaching the Super Bowl. What do you think he's doing right now? You know, I mean, they're not going to trot out there and do the exact same things. So don't sell that guy short. He is a superb mind and a prodigy for sure. Um, folks, I told you a little bit about the Himalaya app. That you obviously are into podcasting. This is something you have to check out. It's free. as every single podcast you love or are searching for. It's really, really easy to use. So take a look at that. And find and download the Himalaya app at the App Store or Google Play Store. Don't forget to follow Locked On NFL, of course, once you're there. And when you get in your car, do me a favor and tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On NFL. My man, Dr. Thunder asked me again, I know you love Aaron Rodgers, but it seems like the Packers have been in a rebuild. Where do you think they stand? They'll probably still make the playoffs, but I could see Minnie and Chicago still challenging. What's your takes on Green Bay's season? They'll always have a chance with Rodgers. Yeah, they'll always have a chance with Rodgers. And I've said this a lot. I think their defense now is going to be formidable. I, I really do. Two first-round picks there. The Smiths. Um, already have Daniels and Clark in place. Jari Alexander was a hit as a rookie. I think this has a chance to be a really good defense. And I can't remember the last time we really said that about a team for Rodgers. I also think his line's in pretty good shape. I'm an Aaron Jones believer. I love Sternberger. Of course, I love Devontae Adams, as everyone does. And more than anything, I love Rodgers. And maybe this is me... Being, you know, looking at things through Rogers colored glasses. I don't know how healthy he was last year. I really don't. I mean, a lot of throwaways, a lot of giving up on the play, a lot of obvious frustration with the scheme. 
But assuming LaFleur, who is going to operate things a lot like I just talked about at length with McVeigh, and that's very different. I mean, very different. Rodgers is going to have to learn new tricks, though. You know, is he set in his ways and why would I change? I'm still going to do what I want. Or is he going to totally buy into a first-time head coach and love the scheme? I mean, you would think because they moved on from McCarthy in favor of Rodgers, more or less, that Rodgers looked around the league and looked at the Rams, for example, and said, dude, if, if you put me and ask me to do what they're asking Jared Goff to do, I can do that tenfold and put up crazy numbers. With all, again, all respect to Goff. I feel like I'm killing Goff, and I don't mean that. But Rodgers is a much more accomplished and much more, you know, just a much better player right now. And I bet he looked around the league at Scheme and talked to his buds and said, man, if we had better route combinations, overall concepts, you know, Mark Schofield and I talk about this often on Wednesdays. It's been kind of a running joke that the Packers have very simplistic route combinations and schemes. And that doesn't fly in today's NFL. So I think Chicago's due to take a little step back, but still a strong organizational path. I'm pretty confident in the Vikings, but I don't believe very much in Cousins. My hunch is I probably will pick the Packers to win this division. Uh, Joe Gear asked me, you've been down on the Jags' weapons and foals, but paint the best-case scenario for this team, especially since their own line won't be a mash unit. Yeah, I get a lot of heat for being a Jags hater. And to be honest, I think a couple of you think that stems because the Jags kicked the crap out of the Steelers two times in a row two years ago. It really isn't. Um, I just thought that team two years ago was an overrated one, and I expected a fall not quite as steep as it was. But to your point, Joe, the whole offense was killed by injuries last year. I think they are going to be better at quarterback and they almost have to be healthier on that side of the ball. I still think the defense is amongst the best in the league. It was really good last year, but I still think they're probably closer to the version we saw two years ago, which was awesome, You know, led by Ramsey. and, and, and uh, Although they, they're missing a linebacker in Telvin Smith. That can't be forgotten. Depth isn't wonderful in the back seven, but the defensive line looks fierce. And they just use an early pick again on a defensive line. Lyman. Um, but I'm not the biggest Foles believer. When I paint the best-case scenario, I would think a guy like Westbrook steps up, and I can see him having a lot of catches this year. Like I kind of want him on my fantasy team as a sleeper. I hate to say this because I know he's like living in the doghouse lately, but Fournette is still a force. And I know a lot of us, and I've been guilty of this, have classified him as a 1980s pounder. But to his credit, he's developed to be an adequate receiver. I mean, he's not theoretic and going to run receiver routes, but you can detach him and dump him the ball, and even a little bit more than that. He just needs to stay healthy, because I do think he is a very impressive runner. I mean, he is big and fast, and if he can play 16 games, he may end up with 1,600 yards, you know, or 1,400 yards in another three or four on the ground. And and that style can still win with the, if the defense is as good as I just said it was was. And a couple of their weapons, you know, Keelan Cole and those type of guys 
are adequate. And I do think the Foles um, coaching marriage is a good one, and they'll get the most out of him. But in the end, I mean, why I keep bashing the Jags is I think the most important thing in today's NFL is to be really good in, in the offensive passing game. And when I look around the league, there aren't many that I would put behind them, to be very honest with you. You know what I mean? Like, um, that's one of the worst passing games in the league as we stand here in the middle of June. Call Me Pete asked, do you see David Johnson getting back in the top five running backs in terms of production this year? Yes and no. I mean, I think we're going to see a lot of plays run, assuming they're not three and out, three and out. I mean, assuming this offense in Arizona is acceptable, which I think it will be. I think there'll be a lot of plays run. I think you'll see a lot of receivers on the field. I think they'll use Johnson and Charles Clay. Don't sleep on Charles Clay there, by the way. Just tuck that one away in your noggin. Uh, to get the five wides at times. And I think Johnson remains an elite talent and an elite receiver. I just don't know. This past year, I know, is really tough going for him, but some of the advanced metrics show that he didn't create a lot of yardage after first contact. That worries me a little bit, but we'll see. I'm not super worried about that. I'm more worried when we talk about David Johnson production about his blocking. I mean, it's really a makeshift line. It probably is better. It's certainly better right this second than it was last year, but that's saying nothing. I mean, it's still going to be one of the worst lines in the league, even if things go really, really well. So I do think him running the ball probably is, you know, 3-9 to carry, something like that. There will be a lot of stuffs. But I also think having Kyler Murray, you always know when a running quarterback that's that scary is in the backfield, it opens up tons of room for, you know, quarter for running backs. Like Chris Johnson's year where he went bonkers, he had Vince Young. You know, remember when Wark Dunn and Duckett had Vic? Like, there is, you know, Gus Edwards last year. And Johnson's, everybody's good as all those guys, of course, and maybe better. I just don't know that there'll be a ton of running room. That being said, he may catch more passes than any back in the league. You know, if you're just thinking fantasy, which I'm sure you are, when you're and you masked that question very nicely, well done. Um, I think he may be like McCaffrey last. I mean, could he catch 100 balls from a quarterback that is going to love this dude? scheme that's really going to like him as a receiver. And, and I know some of you are probably like, well, Kingsbury's last couple of years, his backs didn't catch that many passes. Yeah, but go back to when he had, like, DeAndre Washington. When he had good receiving backs, he threw them a lot. So I think he's a good enough offensive mind that he's going to realize Johnson has to be the focal point of this offense. But we don't run the ball very well, but we still are going to get him the ball. And therefore, he's going to end up with a lot of touches, but really thrive as a receiver. So take that for what you will in terms of fantasy. I mean, I know like in the fantasy world, and again, I'm just beginning my prep. There's four running backs, McCaffrey, Elliott, Barkley, and Kamara, who are pretty much the first four picks in every draft. And then I think it's a discussion between like a Melvin Gordon, James Conner possibly, Mixon, and I would say 
that Johnson's very much in that conversation of a true tier two producing running back this upcoming year. But I think he's going to have to kind of get there in a different fashion. Uh, folks, thanks so much. This is a blast. Please go to iTunes, leave me a little review. You guys have been slacking on that a little bit, but I do appreciate the reviews that are left. 99% of them are highly positive. Check out the rest of the Locked On Network. I appreciate that as well. And I will chat with Mark Schofield. It's going to come to you a little later than usual tomorrow, but it will be. we will continue the conversation we had last week about teams with new coaches and how that marriages and with a little bit of a fantasy feel to it as well. So over and out. Take care. Bye.